Power and Paradox by the Kinky Pet, Chapter 26. Notes. Trigger warning. YouTube comments written by evil sexist orientationist pigs with evil attitudes about body image, beauty, and gender. Also slut-shaming. They are not me. Seriously triggery. I actually kind of triggered myself a bit writing it. To skip the actual comments, just pass over the italic section under the YouTube video heading. The content, as well as death and rape threats, are mentioned in Steve and Tony's conversation and or thoughts, though I think in a far less triggery way. Still, if you'd like to read the chapter with those sections redacted, just leave me a comment with your email address. Stark Manor, 1986. The door to Howard's study was very slightly ajar. Tony crept forward very carefully, ear straining, careful to dodge the squeaky floorboard. Can't keep giving him the cold shoulder. You have to talk to him. His mother's voice was firm, but tight. Howard only grunted in reply. I mean it, Howard. It's like you're punishing him, but he hasn't done anything wrong. More mumbling from his father. Then his mother exclaimed, exasperated. I never understood why you were so sure he'd be a dom. He's a boy. Just because 95% and he's always been so bright. And I suppose all subs are idiots. Her voice was poisonous. Now don't be like that, Maria. You know what I mean. Yes, she snapped. You mean he reminded you of yourself. God forbid he be his own person, not Howard Stark and miniature to continue your legacy. The last word was sneered. It's your legacy too, damn it. No, Stark Industries and the Stark Foundation, those are a legacy. Tony is my son, our son. Tony could hear the clink of bottles at the sideboard. Is that what bothers you? She asked. That maybe he actually has a little of his mother in him? It's different. Because he's a boy? Yes! There was a long pause. I expected better of you, darling. She sounded so sad. He's the same person he was six months ago. I'm not saying it won't be hard for him. Harder than it would have been, but how can you give up on him so easily? Tony couldn't hear Howard's mumbled reply. I'm disappointed too, she said. And it's not with Tony. It was three in the morning. Tony was in the workshop, staring blankly at glowing blue projections of polyaramid ratios and tensile strengths, a tall glass of scotch clutched in his right hand. It was a rule. He could bring a glass down to the workshop, but not a bottle. He'd never broken that rule. Yet. He took a sip. He had some very large glasses. Tony couldn't stop thinking about Rogers. Tony'd almost run after him. Almost. But instead, he'd just stood there, frozen, for who knows how long while Rogers' words echoed in his head. Tony Stark was a hero long before Iron Man. It made his chest feel tight. I was so small, everyone assumed. I mean, I did too. Recent revelations and old conversations ricocheted back and forth across his mind. I was wrong about you, Cap. Tony muttered into a scotch, then shook his head. Doesn't count if he can't hear you, stupid. Tony squinted. Hey, Jarvis, enlarge the stats on the left. Yes, sir. Okay, kind of formula. V50 equals U star times one third F times quantity AD divided by AP. His eyes ached. I was so small, everyone assumed. I mean, I did too. Fucking Howard. Tony took a sip of scotch. Fucking Howard and his fucking obsession. His old man said he knew everything there was to know about Captain America, but Tony was starting to think he hadn't known Steve Rogers at all. Tony glared at the glowing screens. His concentration shot to hell, his eyes burning. V50 equals U star times one third F times the quantity AD divided by AP. Tony sighed. Shut it all down, Jay. The glare's getting to me. Of course, sir. The workshop went dark. A pause. Perhaps sleep would be restorative. 
Tony shrugged. Dummy wheeled over with a whirring noise. Tennis ball clenched in his claw. Dummy, no, Tony scolded. Do I look like I want to play ball right now? Tony took another long swallow as Dummy let out a low beep-boop and started to roll away. Hey, no, don't, Tony entreated. You don't have to go, just no ball now. Here, come on. Tony fumbled his way through the dark workshop over the beat-up couch in the corner, beckoning Dummy to follow. Tony flopped down low on the couch so Dummy could rest his claw on Tony's thigh. There, okay? Tony murmured. Sit tight, buddy. There. Tony pet awkwardly at the claw, glad Rody couldn't see him now. The scotch burned going down in the best possible way. I was so small. Everyone assumed. I mean, I did too. Tony had fallen for Howard's entire shtick about Captain America. That even as little Steve Rogers, tiny and frail, he'd been the most macho domliest dom ever because courage and perseverance and all those other important dominant virtues that proved he was no sub. And sure, movies and comics and stuff showed he was small and never said, hey, guess what, folks? He thought he was going to be a sub and so did everyone else. But it was Howard, Howard, who went on and on about how fucking dominant Steve Rogers had been, muscles or no, over and over, and how obviously Tony would be a dom, just like the captain was. Tony'd bought it. Tony'd bought it even when his mother quietly tried to plant seeds of doubt. Even when, more importantly, she'd point out that he could be all those wonderful things. Smart, brave, determined, heroic. No matter what. Without even knowing it, Tony had taken in Howard's brash orientationism over his mother's soft-spoken, modest liberationism. For Tony, presenting had been a horrible downgrade. A fluke. A failure. You can't hear me, but I'm so sorry, Mom. So fucking sorry. Had Rogers been relieved? Overjoyed? Numb? Confused? Had he, against all the odds, actually been disappointed? What was it like growing up then as a sub? Tony wanted to know everything about this Steve Rogers, not Howard's Captain America. Tony finished his scotch in his darkened workshop, dummy at his side. She found him brooding in the window seat of her salon, the only room in the house Howard never entered. You were listening at the door, weren't you? she asked. Tony considered lying, but there was no point with Mom. He gave a tight nod. Oh, darling, she said softly. She sat down beside him and gathered him into her arms, pink Chanel and the soft floral scent of a knee a knee. Mom, Tony protested, squirming. I'm thirteen, and you'll always be my baby. She kissed the top of his head. Howard isn't here to see... Tony stopped squirming and settled back into his mother's arms, but they couldn't keep the overwhelming sense of disappointment at bay. You were supposed to be a dom. How could this happen? He felt sick. He'd felt sick for days and days. Come on, sweetie, it's okay. Why so disheartened? Tony didn't answer. The silence lingered. Don't tell me, his mother said gently, pulling Tony from his gloomy thoughts, that you're ashamed to be like your mother. No, Tony cried, startled. He looked at her wide-eyed, but I don't... Tony floundered. I mean... She shushed him. You're still you, darling. I know you don't want what I did. She smiled at him and rubbed little circles on his back like she had when he was very little. I wanted you and your father, society life and charity fundraising. The things I wanted were the things everyone thought I should want. She shook her head. You want MIT and Stark Industries and engineering, so it'll be different for you. Harder. She stroked Tony's hair. But it will be all right. I'll help you. She gave him a little smile. You still are, and always will be, my beautiful, brilliant, brave little boy. And now you're a fellow sub, too, and I am so tremendously proud of you. The world is changing, darling, she said, and kissed his hair. You'll change it.
Tony woke up in the workshop, with Dummy by his side and a blanket spread across his legs. He looked down, expecting a shattered mess, but no. His scotch glass was on the floor, upright, over by Dummy's charging station. Thanks, buddy. Good boy. Whirr. Beep-boop. Dummy offered him the tennis ball. Tony smiled and gave it a gentle toss. Hey, Jarvis, get the polyaramid stuff back up here and start the coffee, would ya? Of course, sir. Tony rolled his shoulders, feeling pretty good despite sleeping slumped over on the couch. He'd only had one glass, after all. He glanced down at his wrists. His marks were so faded they were nearly invisible. Soon the ones on his back would disappear too, as if they'd never been there. It was reassuring, a clean slate, but somehow disappointing too. There'd been a time when Tony hadn't passed a day without somebody's marks on him, or several somebody's. It was becoming a depressingly rare pleasure to have those little reminders scattering his skin, and an even rarer pleasure to feel so unambiguously happy by them. Tony tossed Dummy's tennis ball for him again and went over to the bathroom to wash up. New day, new start. Brooding done. Over. No more. Time to revolutionize body armor technology. Man's voiceover. Because you won't slow down. POV shot of a woman running across a desert, up a ravine, heavy breathing, accelerated music. Man's voiceover. Because you don't give up. POV shot of a woman rock climbing, rowing crew, heavy breathing, accelerated music. Man's voiceover. You need an antiperspirant strong enough for a dom. Long shot of a stunning sub in a backless evening gown surrounded by doms and tuxedos. Woman's voiceover. But designed just for you. The beautiful sub lifts her arms to embrace a handsome dom, then looks over her shoulder to smile at the camera. Woman's voiceover. The new dove switch stick. Strong enough for a dom, gentle enough for you. Okay, so first layer, base of polyplasticine stretch fabric inlaid with scale metal links, gold titanium aloe, which brings us to a weight of... Sir, Jarvis said, volume at minimum. He startled Tony anyway. Captain Rogers asks if he will be joining the team for dinner, and, if not, whether he may bring a tray to the workshop. No, Tony swallowed. I mean, uh, say thank you, but no need. Tell him I already ordered a pizza, so I'm all set, okay? Just working away. Yes, sir. Jarvis paused, then asked. Shall I order a pizza for you, sir? Tony glared. Is that judgment I hear in your voice, Jay? Perish the thought. Yeah, thought so. Tony snorted. Sure, go ahead and order pizza. Extra sausage, extra cheese. Side salad. Tony rolled his eyes. Pepper told you to ask that, didn't she? I'm not programmed to take orders for Miss Potts. <laughs> salad. Tony paused, then glanced down at his stomach. And thighs. Uh, sure, he frowned. Yeah, salad. Good idea. YouTube. Iron Man flying figure eights over Manhattan. Comments. Miss Diamond Sub. Beautiful footage of a beautiful machine. Stark's a dreamboat. I'd switch for him any time. And I'm a 9.9 .9 sub on the Kinsey scale. <sighs> Tip top 10. Iron Man, for the win! Dude, so fucking awesome! Thanks for posting, Miss Missy! Man oh man 17. So cool. Seriously, best thing ever. Iron Man and War Machine are my heroes. And is it just me, or would they be the hottest couple ever? OMG. I'm totally applying to the Air Force Academy in the fall. Big Dude XXX. Cool vid, but he should have put a fuckhole in the back of the armor so he could have gangbangs in the suit. Slut needs to be filled, right? I'd top that bitch. No pride, lols. Don't mind a sloppy hole. Topper 69. Hell yeah, Big. He'd be great at parties, right? People talk smack about Stark, but I like a bitch who knows not to be picky and just give it up for tops. Let all your friends have a go. Brats talk big, but he gives it away every time. Miss Curvy Queen. Topper 69 and Big Dude. 
You guys are pigs. I hope you never get your tiny limp dicks near any subs. Stark's a hero. Show some fucking respect. Big dude XXX. Miss Curvy Queen. You some bitch fatty, all better nobody wants you. Bet you drop for cock if Dom offered. Lols. Miss Curvy Queen. I love my body, fucktard. You just wish you could get a piece of this. And big dude, seriously? Compensating much, asshole? If the next time Iron Man is rescuing people and putting his life on the line, he lets you die in a fire. Forever Redskins fan. Seriously? I search Iron Man, Tony Stark, hot action, slut gangbang, and get this shit? Where the hell are all the uploads of the 2005 slut bang? Every time I find one, then try to come back to it later, the video of the whole site's disappeared. Help a guy out. I've got five bucks writing on this. My buddy doesn't believe me Stark begged for it like a bitch in heat. Tony should really check his data one more time before manufacturing the initial prototype, but his attention was wandering again. He had hundreds of questions for Rogers, curiosities about his life, his experiences. So, naturally, Tony was still holed up in his workshop. He couldn't just walk up to Rogers with a casual, Oh, hey, so apparently you thought you were going to be a sub back in the old days, so tell me, just how bad did things suck back then? Yeah, no. Hey, Jay, what time is it? 1.37am, sir. Huh. Tony almost followed up by asking what day it was, but decided it didn't really matter anyway. Whatever the answer, he felt pretty sure it was time to get out of the workshop for a bit. CPAP, Bruce, life-work balance right here! He should probably go to bed and try to get some sleep, but he was feeling kind of wound up for that. Maybe lifting some weights or going for a run would help work off the tension. And the pizza. Besides, working up a sweat might help him sleep, and was undoubtedly better for him than more scotch. Again, CPAP, healthy choices! Sleep tight! Tony called to the bots, and took the elevator up to the gym. When the doors opened, Tony was surprised to find the lights on and the gym in use. There was a muffled thud, thud, thud noise. Rogers. Tony paused. He could go. Rogers hadn't seen him. He could go back down the elevator and go straight to bed. He could, but he wasn't going to. He was going to go in there and work out and maybe have a little chat with the captain. Rogers was pounding the punching bag with a ferocity Tony had never witnessed before. The punches were almost frantic, not the controlled steady blows Tony was used to seeing. The captain hadn't broken the reinforced adamantine chain on his boxing bag, but it was looking like a near thing. Jesus, whoa there, Tony said. What did it do? Insult your mother? Roger's entire body went stiff for a moment. Oh, hello, Mr. Stark. He turned, gave Tony a polite nod, and went back to battering the most heavily reinforced punching bag on earth. Are you okay? Tony asked, half worried that he'd done something wrong. It wasn't like Rogers to leave his back turned to someone. What's gotten into you? Rogers spoke between punches. I think, whap, I hate, whap, the internet, thud, whap, whap. All of it? Tony blinked. Or did something in particular get a bee in your bonnet? Yes, Rogers bit out. Whap. Uh, that was an either-or question, Cap. The adamantine chain rattled, and Tony thought he heard something tear. Impossible. Yes, it's something specific. Care to share with the class? No. Whap. It's not something, thud, thud, that can be repeated in polite company. Thud. Tony rolled his eyes and considered cursing a blue streak to desensitize the captain, or maybe snarkily remind him that Tony does in fact use the internet too. Then he thought better of it. Cap seemed really upset. Like, really. There was a tablet over on the bench. Tony wandered closer and saw that the screen was cracked, but it was still working. Tony picked it up and skimmed the YouTube comments. Ah, Cap was pitching a roadie. Tony made a tisking noise and said casually, Now see, people who get there, there, and there confused shouldn't be allowed to call me a whore. Rogers spun to look at him in wide-eyed distress. Tony continued, I mean, seriously? There, T-H-E-I-R, 
is no way I'd let my cock near that STD slag hole. And honestly, I've been an outspoken advocate of safer sex for years. Do your research, XXX Top Lols 5. Tony shook his head and tsk tsk again. Oh, and here it's and it's. Though at least that one could be a typo. Still. Proofread, people? Tony shook his head again. Gosh, no wonder you're having a fit, Cap. Writing instruction really has gone downhill. I mean, we used to have quality trolls on the internet. Grammar and everything. Roger's mouth was opening and closing silently. His face was an unflattering shade of red. How can you joke about it? Rogers cried. The man floundered. He looked like he wanted to rip somebody's arms off. It's, it's, it's better than the alternative? Tony cut in. Tony shook his head and set the tablet aside. I'm a busy guy. I don't have time to get in a froth and kill punching bags every time some idiot is an orientation of sexist racist douchebag on the internet, and I'd never do anything else. Tony shrugged and asked, why are you even reading YouTube comments? No good can come of that. And why are you watching footage of Iron Man? You get the real thing. It's... Roger shook his head. What they said, it's disgusting. Tony shrugged again. I'm used to it. You shouldn't have to be. Nobody should. And at that, the fight just seemed to bleed out of Rogers, leaving him exhausted. He slumped back against the punching bag for a moment, eyes closed, taking long, deep breaths. Tony sat quietly. They're pigs, Rogers said. Yep. How dare they? The question seemed less angry than sad. Dunno. Tony shrugged. Not being an orientationist piece of shit myself, I find it pretty hard to imagine the mindset. He said it jokingly, but Rogers didn't crack a smile. Rogers sank to the floor, knees pressed to his chest. And it was strange. He looked smaller like that somehow, huddled in on himself. Not Captain America, just Steve. And if this was his response to comments on YouTubes, Tony was glad he hadn't mentioned the really nasty stuff, like routine death threats or rape threats, or the coverage of the Hansen trial. Then again, maybe Cap had already found that stuff, too. Sometimes I hate it here so much, Rogers mumbled against his knees. He looked up at Tony and said, voice wrecked, Everything is supposed to be better. Tony's heart twisted a little. Things are better, Tony said, very softly. Rogers sighed. I know that too, I guess. I just... It's all so... disorienting. Lots of things are obviously better, so much better... But then some things seem worse, and then it's like this punch in the gut to see it because of all the other things that have changed. He frowned. I mean, sure. People made nasty remarks before, too. Called each other names, but... He gestured at the tablet. Not like that. Not that I heard. Tony nodded. The power of anonymity, he said with a wry smile. And distance. Most of them would never say things like that in person, or with their real name. Never in a million years. Rogers nodded. They're bullies and cowards. Yeah, Tony agreed. The nastiness of the internet was familiar to Tony. After all, his public infamy predated the internet itself, and he was pretty well inoculated, but he wondered about Cap again. As a kid or young teen, had anyone called him a bitch? A slag? I wish there was something I could do, Rogers said, sounding defeated. You really are a good guy, aren't you? Tony said softly. It was the sort of thing he'd usually say snidely, or at least half as a joke. But tonight, alone in the gym with Rogers, it was a gentle observation. I don't know, Rogers mumbled, looking away. I try to be. The tips of his ears went pink. You are, Tony smiled, one of his real smiles. I'm a genius, but sometimes I can be slow on the uptake. About people. You. You really are a good guy. Rogers looked up at him from under his lashes, and Tony was quick to deflect. 
though I doubt your poor Stark tab would agree. It's not the tablet's fault there's crap on the internet, Tony joked. Don't shoot the messenger, man. Rogers snorted. That one has nothing to complain about. It's still working. He cracked a bit of a smile and shook his head. You should see the tech they gave me at Shield early on. They said to be careful with it, but they kept giving me these stupid tests that pissed me off, so I pushed too hard and put my finger clean through the tablet. Tony blinked. Wait, did he mean... Roger shook his head, expression amused. That really was an accident, but they kept making me do the damn paperwork on this mini device to the touchscreen, and I mean, I've got such huge hands now, and I'd never even imagined something like a touchscreen before. I kept bumping A when I meant B, or C when I meant D, and then spent so long trying to undo it, the whole test, quote, timed out, while I was only on question 30-something. Seriously, but then that means... Roger's eyes glimmered with mischief, and he added in a conspiratorial whisper, breaking the second one wasn't an accident. He shrugged. They let me take tests and do paperwork by hand after that, at least for a while. Tony threw back his head and laughed. 17%. Oh man, 17%. Rogers gave him a baffled look, but didn't seem offended by Tony's sudden outburst. Wow, 17% this whole time. Tony shook his head, still laughing. Well, that'll teach you to go snooping. Are you all right? Rogers asked, bemused. Tony nodded and just kept laughing. His sides hurt. Finally, Rogers said, Uh, I think you might need to get some sleep, Mr. Stark. Tony shook his head, trying to catch his breath. Not tired, he insisted. It's two in the morning, Rogers said with a bit of a frown. You say that like it matters. Why? Are you tired? No, Rogers hesitated, then added. I was having trouble sleeping. Great, Tony said, setting the damaged Stark tab aside. So let's go not sleep together. I'm thinking Star Trek and Chinese food. It's two in the morning, Rogers repeated. You say that like it precludes Chinese food. Tony waved his arms extravagantly and leapt to his feet. Come on, hollow leg. Don't tell me you couldn't eat after pounding those bags. I could eat, Rogers said, tone verging on shamed confession. Great, Tony grinned. Jarvis, order my usual everything and then some from Park Chop Suey. With pleasure, sir, Jarvis said, and Tony thought he could detect a hint of approval. Done. Thanks, Jay, Tony said. So, come on, what do you say? Cap nodded, getting to his feet. I'd be happy to join you. He glanced down at his sweat-drenched gym clothes and tapped hands. I'll just need a few minutes. Yeah, sure, Tony said. Cap fumbled a bit with the tape, and Tony felt the sudden need to... Here, allow me, Tony said, stepping forward. Cap looked at him, startled for a second, then held out his hands. Tony almost teased him. Velcro fasteners? So modern. But he kept quiet, afraid it would sound mocking. Tony unwound the tape carefully, peeling back the layers of fabric protecting Cap's hands. They were large, strong hands. No surprise there, but soft and smooth. No calluses. Must be the serum. Tony's hands were small, rough, and littered with tiny scars, the marks of his carelessness over long years in the workshop. Unwrapping Ken's hands was a small gesture, but it felt good. There, Tony said. He finished recoiling the last of the tape and handed it to Rogers. Thank you. Cap said, looking down at Tony with an uncertain little smile. Tony stepped away. No problem. He scratched the back of his neck. So yeah, why don't you grab a shower and change, then meet me upstairs, and I'll reveal the wonders of Star Trek. Sounds good, Roger said, heading for the stairs. See you soon. Tony took the elevator. What? It's five floors! He gave his armpits a little sniff on the way up, and changed course from common area to penthouse. He better grab a quick shower too, and clean clothes. In the comfort of his own luxurious bathroom, the water was hot and wonderful, but the wait gave Tony time to get nervous. His first impulse was to call Pepper, which was ridiculous because there was nothing to be nervous about, and it was two in the morning. 
And what would he say? Making new friends is scary? What is he, a kindergartner? Tony rolled his eyes. He gave one last vigorous scrub and reached for his towel. Besides, he should have tried this sooner. He'd promised Rhody he'd look after Cap, and he hadn't exactly been living up to his word. Tony smiled as he toweled his hair dry. No wonder Rhody and Cap got along so well. They obviously had a lot in common. Neither of them could shrug off shit they read on the internet. Rhody'd go batshit and hit the shooting range. Pepper's outrage, in contrast, was a brief and quiet affair. She was far too efficient and restrained to waste time and energy on trolls. It had been the worst during the Hansen trial. Tony tried to push the memories away, the death threats, rape threats. Some of them amazingly lurid in their detail. Rhody'd gone into Rambo mode. He'd used all his sick days and vacation time to play bodyguard, bestie, 24-7, barging in as another dom got up in Tony's space uninvited. Having around if a dom even looked at Tony crooked. It had nearly driven Tony up the wall, and they'd fought a bit. But in the end, Tony'd let it go. Rhody loves me. He was willing to take it as the annoying affection of an overprotective friend, not the patronizing act of an orientationist douchebag. And, well, he was being threatened. Tony grabbed a clean but battered pair of jeans, worn down and soft. Maybe Cap had been thinking of Jason Hansen when he'd come running at the gala. Hansen's bullshit had happened over a decade ago for Tony, but Rogers had only known about it for a couple of months, tops. I thought he was going to hurt you. I don't give a good goddamn of a PR compared to your safety. Tony shrugged the thoughts away and pulled on a long sleeve t-shirt. The ACDC one that was a little too big and had extra long sleeves. No need to be nervous. Star Trek and Chinese food. How chill is that? And Star Trek is awesome. Cap was gonna love it. As long as Tony started him on a good episode. Oh, hmm. There was a question. The naked time? Balance of terror? Oh, devil in the dark. That'd be a good one. Hmm. Tony checked himself over one last time. His marks were all properly covered, his hair clean but damp, and his goatee in need of tidying. He was not shaving for this. Chinese food and Star Trek. Nothing to be nervous about. Notes. Thank you so much for reading. Update. Friendly reminder that I am explicitly asking not to receive concrete, please. Thank you so much. This is Anship. I really like all of this. <laughs> mm. Scrolling back through. I mean, just the concern and Tony's understanding finally existing and just that 17% score making so much more sense because we know that Steve is not an orientation is douchebag, which honestly, Tony shouldn't judge a book by technology covers and it's it's racially biased SAT questions. Not racially biased in this case, but definitely like time period biased. Because there's no way Steve was going to be able to use a fucking touchpad and screen shit immediately upon coming back from the past. Like, damn. Anyways. <laughs>